week ago. How'd your team do yesterday, by the way? Yay! This weekend. Some of them, oh, Nebraska. I heard the Nebraska oh, yeah. voice the loudest back there. Barbara, yours are Kentucky. They beat someone. <laughs> Georgia beat someone. So, our Mississippi. Georgia Tech. We can't forget Georgia Tech. That's true. Mississippi State Bulldogs and Ole Miss Rebels didn't do so well yesterday. But they would just put them together. They could beat all sorts of people, but they won't do that. A little over a week ago, 156,990 college football fans broke the record for the most fans to ever see a college football game. You probably, if you're a fan, know what I'm talking about, the Battle of Bristol. There's no stadium big enough for such a crowd, so Bristol Motor Speedway built a football field just for the event. Maybe you saw how they hauled in everything and built the field. It was fascinating how they did it. The game was played between the University of Tennessee and Virginia Tech, and Tennessee won the game. Our son Taylor works in Nashville, Tennessee for Dave Ramsey. Dave is a well-known Christian financial counselor. Uh, perhaps you've read one of Dave's books or listened to Dave on the radio or seen him on television. Dave's a graduate of the University of Tennessee. And so on Saturday, September the 10th, Dave was flying from Nashville to Bristol for the game to cheer on his beloved balls. And his phone rang, his cell phone, and he was asked to say the invocation at the game, the biggest football game crowd-wise ever. Dave told this story the following Monday, so tomorrow a week ago, to his employees, my son being one of them. Uh, so Taylor knew I'd love the story, so he related on to me. Dave knew that he was on the list to pray, but he wasn't at the top of the list. They knew he'd be there, so he was kind of the, if nobody else can show up, we'll get Dave Ramsey and say the prayer of God. Franklin Graham was at the top of the list. Not a bad choice. Not a Vols fan, he wasn't there. Louis Giglio was on the list, and there were several people on the list above Dave Ramsey, but none of us, well, none of them were there, and so Dave got to pray. I don't know who the call came from, but they told Dave, just say a generic prayer, whatever you do, don't mention the name of Jesus. Jesus. Don't do that of all things. I'll tell you how, how it turned out. If you stay awake through the whole sermon, you'll find it at the end of the Before we go further, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for being our Savior. Thank you that in this place we can mention your name without fear. Thank you that you're Lord of Lords and King of Kings and we can celebrate your life and your death and your resurrection. Thank you, you are alive and well. But Father, in this world it's different, isn't it? People don't want your name mentioned. Help us to be mentioners because we love Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. It seems crazy, doesn't it? That in our world today, the name of Jesus has to some 
become offensive. And it's just best if you don't mention his name at all to some. To many, it's become something they say when they hit their hand with a hammer or when they stub their toe. Jesus is brought out and mentioned. I didn't know until Jeannie read on Facebook this morning, do you know there's a gas shortage in it? Did anybody try to get gas and couldn't? Some gas stations have run out because of a pipeline. You know, somebody I'm sure has already blamed Jesus for it. <laughs> I'm sure they have. They drive up to a pump and there's no gas. And they use the name of Jesus. There's been a concerted effort to wipe out the name of Jesus. To get people not to use it. Jesus knew this and he warned his followers. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is sending his disciples out to the world. And look what he tells them in verse 22. And you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures till the end will be saved. But you're going to be hated because you're with me. My name, Jesus. There's never been a name in history that caused so many varied responses. Some love him and praise him and thank him. I hear thank you Jesus often and I bet he loves being thanked. Others have a hatred that I do not understand. They want his name not to be mentioned at all. We've all noticed in our lifetime the attack on Christmas, haven't we? They would just assume it that he had never been born. Folks are told to say Happy Holidays and not Merry Christmas. Schools now release for winter break, not Christmas break. And Christmas carols are replaced by secular tunes. And there's an effort to make it seem as if he never lived. And we all know why. The devil wants to make this world his own. If Jesus cannot be mentioned, maybe the world will forget. You recall what happened after he was born. Herod demanded that all the babies be killed so the world would never know Jesus. Matthew 2, 1 to 4, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? We have observed his star and its rising and come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. Calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah would be born. We skipped to verse 7. And so Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you found him, bring word to me, word, so that I may go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until they stopped at the place where the child was. When they saw the star that had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering a house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. After they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, 
He was infuriated and he sent and he killed all the children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had learned from the wise men. Such evil. But to wipe out the name of Jesus, Herod was a pawn of Satan when he tried. After living 33 years, Jesus was killed on a cross. And they thought that was the end of it. As an aside, the cross is under attack as well, isn't it? Sure it is. Lawsuits are causing towns to take crosses down from buildings and off of water towers. There's a war against the cross. Many churches have no crosses any longer. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. Some get it, some don't. You recall what happened after the cross, after the resurrection? Pilate gave some interesting instructions. Matthew 28 tells the story beginning at verse 11. While they were going, some of the guard went to the city and told the chief priest everything that had happened. And after the priest had assembled with the elders, they devised a plan to give a large sum of money to the soldiers. After the resurrection, they couldn't find the body. Telling them, you must say his disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this comes to the governor's ear, we'll satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And the story still sold among the Jews to this day. So they're trying to wipe out his birth. They're trying to wipe out his resurrection by saying, no, it didn't happen. They just stole the body. Other plans have been hatched and schemes have been wrought that we have seen in our lifetime. Let's take prayer out of school, they thought. <laughs> Certainly prayer. I mean, you can probably pray in other names, but not Jesus anymore in our schools. I want to show you pictures of some lawbreakers from recent months. We played, prayed for Molly Tyner Boland, the young lady who went to heaven recently in her mid-twenties. I want to show you a school that her husband is a teacher of in Birmingham, Alabama. You know what those kids are doing in school? They're praying. And then they divide it up into small groups and they're praying. Now that's a Christian school where they're doing this in, so they can still get away with it. But there are some schools in this country that you can't ever do that until something changes. There is hope. Jeannie found this story uh, about a teacher in Nashville, Tennessee, who was ill with cancer. He's a beloved teacher at a Christian school. Look what these kids did. Have you all seen It's Gone Viral? This is a wonderful story. Um, it's unfortunate that somebody and many of us that we know, we know people who are going through cancer. And so there was a, a man who's going through that. And then 450 students at a faculty in a high school in the Nashville area, they decide to go to his home and to sing to him. Take a look at this. Yeah. 
was, how moved all of us are yeah. by that. And we didn't get the chance to catch up with Mr. Ellis. Here's what he had to say about the moment. It overwhelmed me that God would fill that many students with that much life. In that moment, I felt like I was not alone. Not alone. You are not really alone. loved. And we're joined now by the headmaster at Christ Presbyterian Academy in Nashville, also Nate Morrow's name is, and the teacher's daughter, Betsy Ellis, who's joining us right now. And, and, and Nate, just tell us how this whole idea came about. Well, Ben is a man who loves like Jesus loves, first of all. He loves lavishly, he loves intentionally, and he has taught us all how to love better. And so through this fight, worship has been a place of peace for him. It's been a place he's found joy in worshiping and praising in community. And so last week, um, we got some hard news about his treatment options. And our high school principal, Parker Altman, called me last Wednesday morning and said, Nate, I want to take the high school to Ben's house. And I want to go worship with him. And I want to do it now. Can we do that? And I simply said, let's go. And uh, it was a moment um, where we got to all be a part of love and action that was probably the greatest lessons that I know I and I think all of us will have ever learned and it didn't happen in the classroom that day. And sir, you know full well that oftentimes those in high school are accused of only thinking about themselves, but this was so selfless and that had to, I know, meant so much to Mr. Ellis and to, to others there to see them not think of themselves, but of him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I think that was just a reflection back to Ben, what he's meant to us. I mean, he is a guy who, in the hallway, in the classroom, everywhere he goes, he pursues people and never thinks of himself. And I think that was just a way that um, we could love him back. Betsy, how was it for you to see all your friends and classmates behind you right there serenade your death? It was so special. And it was amazing because we didn't necessarily serenade him we got to worship with him and especially because of how important worship has been for my dad and my family through this whole journey it was just so amazing and special to get to worship with him again and i knew that i had 450 plus people who are walking beside me and who love me and it was just a beautiful picture of the body of christ for me and betsy do your friends behind you that they have a message for your dad this morning we do. We do. Students. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him 
the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. One day all will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Earlier, I mentioned those who wrongly use the name of Jesus when they hit the hand of a hammer or stump their toe or run out of gas. I've noticed in my lifetime those who wrongly use the name of Jesus with the best of intentions. I recently saw a woman curse members of her family and the same time she was demanding that Jesus healed her husband of a disease in Jesus' name. It is confusing. It can be confusing watching what people do with the name of Jesus. Perhaps the worst of all is a large group of people that do not call upon his name at all. Back to Dave Ramsey. Here's a picture of Dave at the microphone. He couldn't be on the stage, uh, and so they stuck him at a microphone on the field near the stage with the strict instructions. Don't mention Jesus. So Dave is processing the information he'd been given. Dave's a Christian who will uh, say pretty much what he thinks if you ever listen to him. Dave's very well connected in the state of Tennessee. In fact, he knows the owner of the Bristol Motor Speedway. They're friends. And Dave realized he's standing on private property. Dave is thinking about the University of Tennessee and Virginia Tech, and he knows that they're employees of Bristol Motor Speedway this week because they each got a million-dollar check to come and play on private property. Dave loves Jesus. And so at the end of the prayer, Dave Ramsey says, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. And 160,000 people cheered. Good for Dave. Good for Dave. We are not alone. Lift high the name of Jesus. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so thankful again. And forgive us because we take for granted that we can call on your name. That we can sing about your name. When there are some in this world that cannot, that under great threat of even death, they're told not to mention you at all. They've tried to stamp it out from your birth, through your resurrection, and through everyday sins. But your name remains the greatest name of all. Jesus, thank you for being our Lord and our Savior. And let us take your name with us wherever we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn. It can be a hymn of invitation if you need to do something, but it's really a hymn of celebration and of encouragement. The hymn, Take the...